tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know what I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Join me as always, Xavier Guerrero, who loves the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> and Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? Who's your favorite player, actually? John, all of them. Who all, all of them? Every one, single one, one of them. I, like I can't. I just can't pick because they're all just it's, all it's, so, it's great. so great. The, the black so guy. The black guy. <laughs> okay, okay. Respect okay. on that. Respect <laughs> on that. Uh, great show today, dude. We got Big Herc. Uh, he's got a great podcast, uh, great YouTube channel called uh, Freshly Out. And we get fresh into out. Fresh Out, excuse me, Fresh Out with Big Herc. And he's got a couple of YouTube channels, right? He's got another one as well. And uh, we get into the. One prison, of my favorites of the year. Prison Industrial Complex Culture. That's what we get into. And it's a wonderful conversation. We go really deep. And, uh, you know, it's more dangerous conversations that we have here on Tim Fall Hat. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. We take chances here. We push it out. We, we're not making everybody happy, but that's okay. <laughs> that dude has no fear, though. He doesn't He doesn't. That care. guy has no, no fear. He's done everything. And uh, it's important to talk to him about that. And I also think it's also important to understand that, you know, when you're young, you make mistakes. Don't let them define you. Because you can like everybody goes through it, dude. Everybody gets put through the grinder, man. And like how you react to the grinder, like if you sit there and you just, you know, it's basically this the, the old notion that, you know, the old saying, uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Like if you don't understand the actions of your, uh, the consequences of your actions and how you have to change your actions, you're just gonna keep doing the same shit over and over again. And uh, he's a great example. The guy's a three-time felon. And now he's like going out there, talking to people, telling them about the mistakes he made, which is, I think, is super duper uh, important because we all make mistakes. <clears throat> and we all have some dark secrets out there. And uh, your dark secret's going to get out. You better t own it, take control of it, and not let it define you. Because I think that's, very, that's a big part of our culture right now. Everyone's getting defined by their darkest moments. Guys, we've got a great show for you, so I hope you enjoy. If you want to see me live, i got some live shows coming up. Uh, I'm going to be in Morris Plains this Friday and Saturday. Uh, four shows. We started with two shows. Now we're up to four shows. Uh, the first show is a, uh, a podcast with Tommy G and Mike Romanelli live. That's uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30. i got to get the tickets to that on my website. and then I'm excited for that one. Is Q, is Q Elon Musk? We're going to get into that. That's wild. We're going to get into that. And then we have a live uh, comedy chaos live at the World Famous Comedy Store. Two shows. Tickets are moving quickly. July 20th, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Grab your tickets now. Lineups are huge. Ooh. We got some new, more people added to the lineups. So go grab your tickets at samtriplee.com or thecomedystore.com. And then August 5th and 6th, I'm doing... Uh, 
I'm going to be at Cobb's with my good friend Xavier Guerrero, Eddie Bravo. Now, they're the late shows. For some reason, everybody thought it would be a good idea for me to do the early shows. So uh, grab your tickets. Hopefully, we'll crush it out and we'll have some fun stuff. But all those are at samtriplee.com. Uh, we got a lot of premium content for you. Uh, all my premium t- content is um, it's they're in two places. One is at um, one is at uh, Rockfin. I have Tim Fall Hat Premium Zero, my spiritual podcast that has been fire lately. And then one of my favorite shows to do, uh, Conspiracy Social Club with Brian Callen. We go at it at the last show. Like at at it. I mean, really? it's always love. What's it about? Uh, he does not want to believe anything about Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. Oh my. Like, he, he thinks those are deep fakes? He, 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 first of all, he feels bad uh, for Hunter Biden that he's a crackhead and that we shouldn't make fun of him. And that how do we know he's doing all this shady shit? I'm like, dude, we're like, he's getting busted left and right. So it's a great conversation. And it's what every debate show should be between two binary men just two dudes <laughs> screaming at each other. And then we hug at the end. And that's what it should be very binary. You should be very okay with having people in your life you don't agree with. I think you get into dangerous yeah. places when you live in an echo chamber. Yeah. Okay, T-shirts. I got two T-shirts coming. One is getting done right now. Should be close. And then I got another. So just go to samtriplee.com. Click on the banner for T-shirts. We got some classics there. Oh, one. Look, this one's back in back for a limited time. Yeah, mm. back for a limited time. Clockwork Orange. I got my Breaking Bad shirt. I'm the one who rocks. Check that out. We go deep, homeboy. Great way to support the show. And then um, my cameos are on fire. And then also, man, I'm pushing it on everybody. Check out uh, Buy Gold at Wise Wolf. Uh, buy your gold, man. Buy your silver. Hold it. Uh, if shit's a fan, it's a great way to have money to spend, but it's also a great way thing to give to your children. Uh, and then the, the telegrams for the sh- Two of my shows, Conspiracy Social Club, I mean, for only conspiracies, and then zero. Uh, just click the banners at samtriplet.com and join the fun. Anything else? What do you got going on? Uh, Tucson. I'll see you guys in Tucson uh, this weekend. Go to George P. Comedy oh, for weekend? tickets. Yes, this weekend, Tucson. Congratulations. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, so we'll see you guys out there. And then, Johnny, anything uh, you want to Yeah, check out Broken Salmon. Just cracked the top ten in the uh, Apple stand-up charts. So. Oh, my God. We must we'll be important. Number but eight. go check out Broken Sim. If you go to samtriplee.com, all my RSS feeds for free. You can click them and take it right to it uh, uh, on Apple Podcasts. And then the radio is going, too. People love the radio. You can listen to us 24-7 on the show. Just turn it on, and you'll hear different shows over different times. Guys, please enjoy this episode with Big Herc. It's a great one. Breaks down basically the uh industrial the prison industrial complex culture enjoy the show we go deep homeboy open your mind drink all right guys let's get into it very excited uh for this episode you know it's a little change of pace and i think it's super important and it's about a topic that uh i'm very passionate about and that is protecting the youth and deprogramming culture. I think it's very important to take a look at that because there's just a lot of people that are just brainwashed and 
a lot of, you know, like we say in the show all the time, culture is not your friend. Culture is not your friend. So I'm very excited to have this next guest on. He's a motivational speaker. He's got a, a, a great YouTube channel. Uh, he's a YouTube inf- influencer. I'm very excited to have him on. Please welcome Big Herc916. How are you, my friend? Hey, man. Appreciate the intro, and thank you for having me on the show. It's a long time coming, and um, I'm excited, man. Well, uh, Big Herc, uh, I am very excited to talk to you because you, what you want to talk about is like so important to me, and that is like trying to understand like the powers that be and their influences on us and uh, what's doing to our children. But before we get into all that, Big Herc nine one six, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and where our listeners can find you? Um, you can find me on Fresh Out. Uh, YouTube or FreshOutSeries.com. Also, Big Herc 916 YouTube, Instagram, and BigHerc916.com. Um, a little bit about my background. I did, um, I've, I've done over a decade in prison, man, ranging from Juvenile Hall to California Youth Authority to the Federal Pen. And, um, you know, so I, I, I've seen the system from the inside. And I've, I've made some pretty heavy mistakes, but I don't claim to be the victim. I don't, uh, you know, come out and make excuses for my shortcomings. And uh, it allowed me to change and become a better person. And it wasn't like I was a really bad person to begin with. I had, you know, a great mom, um, you know, good family, straight A student, BMXer, skateboarder, did all the stuff that kids do growing up. It's just at that period where I had a shift in my um, dynamics of where I was living growing up, and that impacted me. You know, right around the time, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know, those are very impactful ages for a kid. And that's why, if you see now, a lot of the social media is targeting those age groups to try to influence them because you're very impressionable. And, um, you know, Kids at that age, they need both parents and they need strong parenting. They need strong family values. And I didn't realize it until I caught my last case, uh, 2000, um, armed bank robbery, hostile takeover, man. It was a high speed chase, uh, cops, you know, 30 something cops, helicopters, spike strip. I ran across the freeway. I got arrested in Ventura County on the Ventura Beach boardwalk got on the ground and looked at the beach and that was it, man. I had an epiphany, man. I got to change my life. Yeah. And, uh, I, yeah. yeah go big or go home at that point. Sounds like Grand uh, Theft Auto. Damn, dude, you did live Grand Theft Auto <laughs> yeah. at that moment. So that's uh, kind of crazy, man. Uh, so, so this is the whole thing, man. It, it, it It's like, why a lot of times we talk about the prison system and what it is and you know we have this situation right now with with um hunter biden uh that's a big problem right now you know filming himself uh weighing his crack and all that stuff really crazy that he does that really crazy that he does that why do you think he like where where does that come from because i mean we've all I've, i've done drugs and i'm not like hey can you record me doing this? You literally it. record your friends doing coke all the time. They, it's a different yeah, generation, I guess. But even then, it's coke. It's not yeah, like Hunter Biden's not of that generation. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But it's it's coke. It's not crack. Like I, I've never seen someone record themselves. It's usually a thing they hide. They keep yeah. it secret. 
Yeah, so Coke, I think he's in exhibition. a different vibe. I think he's very much into it. But the reason I bring him up is because, you know, Jimmy Dore was doing a big show on it. And they played, you know, Joe Biden's speech about crack and like what they're going to do to people caught with a nugget of crack. And it's steal all your, take all government forfeitures, uh, stealing, take all your money, take your house, take your car, take everything, throw you in jail. No matter what, judges can't tell you. Now his own son's videotaping it. And here we have this kind of double standard that is going on. The destruction of the black community, the, the black neighborhoods purposefully, okay, just like they did to the indigenous people on reservations, they did the exact same thing. So where do you want to begin? Like, where would you like to begin in this kind of this journey going on? Like, because I do think, you you know, the, you know, the, the crack cocaine got fathers out of the household. You know, when we talk about, you know, what they, what, the, what they push with these, these welfare systems, like if you had any sign of a, a father figure living there, you could not receive welfare. Just think about what that incentivizes. So what's your thoughts, Big Hurt? Well, for one, what you just said about the whole Hunter Biden situation, man, I know guys in federal prison who had life sentences and they never got caught with a grandma, a grandma coke. Just on hearsay, just on hearsay, their plea deal was 20 years or life. And a lot of these young male, like men, like you said, young black males, um, basically went to went to trial man and these guys got life sentences and most of them sat in there until they could figure out the law to try to somehow get it turned over but these guys never got caught with a, an ounce of dope or let alone a gram and so it is a double standard and for the whole crime control act you know the bill that they passed that locked up all those black males um that was all you know through, through design man i mean the crack era when that hit, and I sold crack, you know, I didn't even know what crack was, but after I started seeing these young black guys in my neighborhood hustling and getting the girls and, you know, having money, I'm like, dude, I was a straight A student. I was, you know, freshman, trigonometry, Spanish, chemistry. I was a smart kid, but I'm like, man, maybe, you know, I should get into that because I'm trying to get some paper too. And I got caught up in that and caught a crack case at 15 and ended up doing um, six months and, um, you know, I became a warden of the state. They took me away from my mom. So I lived that, and I've seen it, and I've seen people smoke crack. I've been to crack houses in the 80s, and, I, you know, how it fueled the gang banging and all in destruction. And then it was, uh, you know, it was a war on drugs. But now it's like, oh, this all about treatment. I mean, dude, they're legally letting people shoot heroin in the streets. They got people smoking. I've seen guys smoking uh crack methamphetamine right on the side of the, the highway. So what is it's such a double standard and all these guys were locked up, taken away from their kids. And then you start creating this whole generational breakdown of the family unit, lack of values. I mean, you had guys who maybe the generation before they had maybe some type of uh, uh, structure in the household and maybe they got out here to try to hustle to make a little extra money but once they start locking these guys up and you go two generations forward, now you have kids who haven't, who never heard of a dad and that far removed. That's why you have all the wilding out now. That's why you have kids who don't listen to the OGs, you know, kids who literally growing up popping pills and they think it's cool. When I was growing up, it wasn't cool to pop pills. It wasn't cool to get hot. You know, people might've smoked weed here and there, but 
everybody was like into working out, you know, uh, being health, kind of somewhat healthy sports, you know, and the music was different. So the kids, you listen to stuff and you were thinking, oh man, it was more of just having a good time. It wasn't about necessarily every time something happened, you want to kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Killing for fun. Yeah. So it's definitely been weaponized, bro. The, 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 the culture itself and, and black culture is the most influential culture across the board. Chuck Berry, Muhammad Ali, Mike, I mean, you look at black culture internationally, you got guys in, in Poland trying to sing trap music. You got kids in Africa now trying to be like, what up my, you know what I'm saying? And they're using the same slang. So the influence is powerful. So yes. if you take that and invest in it and you say, hey man, you know what? We need to get these guys off the way anyways because we don't want to have to have them competing with us. So if we can kind of market this behavior, we can fill up the prisons. And that was a whole by design. You can't yeah. advertise for prisons like you can Walmart or Amazon, but behavior two steps down the road will create an action that will lead to these individuals committing acts that will send them to prisons. And now when you look at CCA corrections, uh, uh, um, associate of America, they basically have invested and said, Hey, we'll buy all your, your state prisons, but you got to have a 90% Occupancy. That is How do you insane, have that? dude. Wow. That is insane that that is illegal. And John Oliver, as much as I had problems with him, he highlighted that. That the, these these privatized prisons not only uh, brag about having uh, a certain uh, occupation uh, uh, occupancy, excuse me, uh, but also the returning of of these uh, prison uh, inmates. Recidivism, right? Recidivism, yeah. right? Recidivism. Yeah. Uh, good luck on me saying that, but you know that that's the insanity of it. That is the insanity of it. Now you know what, man? You really hit something. Black. Call, I, I don't like the term culture i think that's all made up in think tanks done purposefully to push a narrative away from uh god spirituality and all that stuff done purposefully so i, I i'm i'm so old brother that i love to listen to talk radio that's how old i am i still listen to it on my radio johnny gives me a lot of shit about it so i'll go from 570 which is the local sports station here in colin cowherd dan patrick and then i'll i'll, I'll always shift over to um, serious radio to listen to NBA talk and some MMA talk. But as I go the, from from AM radio to serious radio, my, my uh, radio goes to a hip-hop station. And a hip-hop station comes up. And every time I'm on that station, even for a moment, it is playing Biggie Smalls or Tupac or some really old gangster shit every time in 2022 it's the same shit over and over again and you're like why are you pushing this gangbang crime rhyme stuff still and that is what's happening right now they are drowning the in my humble opinion the black community in this super low frequency shit Dude, look at this billboard that's in san francisco it's encouraging people to uh, do heroin with their friends. And just look at this photo. Does that Have you ever seen people on heroin who look that nope. alert? Nope. <laughs> I mean, 
Isn't this unbelievable? I just, I just yeah, that's that's a new thing. They literally tell you if you're gonna do it, just make sure you have Narcan. No overdose. That's, that's literally yeah. Just do have Narcan. it with friends. Use with people and take turns. Try not to use alone or have someone check on you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Jeffrey Narcan, it's wild, right? It's ridiculous. And you know what's so interesting is that we sit there and we listen. And you know, I listen to you and all the stuff you used to do back in the day, and it was outlaw shit. You know, when me and my stand-up, I was a dirty comic. I was doing, uh, you know, I, I was like not doing Jerry Seinfeld stuff. But now I look around, everybody's doing a bad version of it, of this kind of dirty comedy everywhere. And it's like, it's really, there's there's nothing special about being an outlaw anymore. And it's, Well, you know, and, and, and to make your point, when I, when I tell people stuff, I tell them from a perspective of, having lived there and done that. And you know what? I'm really grateful. I'm still alive and that I didn't get more time than I did. I mean, I could have easily, it, 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 you know, been shot. I mean, the police would have not been out of the pocket, bro. If they would have shot me. I mean, we, we had eight people on the ground in the bank, ski mask, you know, high speed chase and switch cars. I mean, dude, I did everything these dudes are talking about, but I did it. I wasn't, I'm, but I wasn't, pro, I'm not promoting it. I don't glorify it on fresh out. I talk about how, what type of mind state that I have to be in to even entertain something that crazy, you know, and for you to think that it's normal to run outside with a Draco shooting across the street and doing that stuff, dude, you, you, you're really lost spiritually and you're in a place that's very dark. And, and, and if you don't wake up, you can find yourself in a, in a horrible situation. I mean, there's guys I know that Rob Banks that I was in there with that somebody mistakenly got shot, accidentally got shot. And these guys are doing 80 years, 90 years. I mean, dude, in the feds, that's, that's their life. So the game is so serious, man. And, uh, you know, I try to save these young people from these choices, not to try to preach or be a hypocrite because, dude, it's, it's everything you talk. I, I, I've, I've pulled out guns on people, man, broad day. I've done a lot of stuff. I've done adult movies. So I'm not, people say, oh, you're super, to write, no, man, I'm telling you, I've been in that industry and I've been in this industry. And so I'm talking from experience, but what they're doing right now is just beyond my belief. I mean, never would you take a little kid to a strip club or have a, yeah, a you know, girl sitting around with her titties out with your little kid. You don't do shit like that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yes, dude. It used to be outlaw stuff that there was like this high reward, high punishment for if you did it. Now it's everywhere and it's being done by stupid people that have no clue what they're doing. All right, guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Helix. That's right. I love Helix. You love Helix. We all love Helix. Johnny loves Helix, dude. Oh, do I? Oh, do you, bro? I love Helix because I love sleeping. I got a black belt in sleeping. I have the best sleep. I have a Helix bed, and I love it. And you know all the chaos today? Guess what? I don't care about any of it because I go night-night, and I sleep through the whole thing. And that's because Helix beds are the most comfortable beds in the universe and all the multi-universe. Okay? Do you need a new bed? Do you need something? Of course, we all do. Here's what you want to do. Just go to Helix sleep.com okay just go to helixsleep.com helix sleep has a quiz that will just take two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences 
to the perfect mattress for you. Everyone's unique, and Helix knows that, okay? So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses, great for cooling you down if you sleep hot, and even Helix Plus mattresses for a plus size, folks, okay? Okay, it's that simple. I took the Helix quiz, and I matched to the big one. I like it big. I, I do snow. I do snow angels while I sleep. That's how I do it. I love it. I love it. I love a, I love a soft mattress, okay, because I sleep on my side, all right? That's how I do it, all right? I love it. It's a huge upgrade over what I used to have. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz. You can order the mattress that you've matched to, okay? And the mattress comes right to your door, ship for free. You don't need ever have to go to the mattress store again, which is a money laundering system, okay? Helix. Good business, honest business. That's how we do it, okay? That's how we do it. So if you're looking for a mattress, it's very simple. Just go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. Take a two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, okay? They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free, Wow, a mattress, a hundred night risk yeah, free. That's a wow. lot. You can do a lot of in a hundred for the cushion, yeah, bro. It's a, a lot of just a lot put of things you can do. Hurt on it, break its back, huh? Put it, break, hurt its back. <laughs> They're even back to pick it up if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders and two free pillows for the our listeners at HelixSleep.com/slash/TimFoil. Okay. Just keep it that system. Just keep it that simple. We need more swarm. Get your action on a Helix. Make more swarm. Help us out. All right? Just go to helixsleep.com slash tinfoil. Hey, guys. I want to tell you about our friends at Lucy. That's right. Look, we're all adults here, and I know some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company that makes... Nicotine gum, lozenges, and, uh, lozenges, okay, and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. Why not switch to a nicotine product that you can feel good about? Listen, we all have friends who smoke, okay? I have a friend. Her name is Dana. She smokes, okay? But you know what? Now that she, I've told her about Lucy, she enjoys an alternative way of enjoying nicotine. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So if you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy Proxa at Lucy.co. That's Lucy.co and use the promo code TINFOIL at checkout. Okay. I also have to read this disclaimer. Warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is addictive. Remember, if you're interested in a better way to use nicotine, visit Lucy.co and use the, make sure to use the promo code TINFOIL. I want to get into some of the stuff you want to talk about because I, I'm really interested in you. So, one of the, you know, I used to watch uh, a doc on Scared Straight, and they would interview these really young kids, and they were like, so what do you think your future is? They're like, I don't know. I'm probably going to go to jail. And I used to get so, like, sad when I would hear that, that, a, you know, a child would be, like, thinking that their future is just basically jail. 
That's where I'm going. Not thinking I'm going to be an astronaut, play in the NBA, uh, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer. I'm going to go to jail. And I've the- heard kids say, I'm going to be a gangster. I'm like, what does that mean? And he's just like, I'm going to be a gangster. Yeah, whatever, I, I, the, wh- whatever hip-hop song, rap song he heard, he was like 11, 12, already getting in trouble. I'm like, what do you want to be? He's like, I'm going to be a gangster. So let, let's talk about that. Where does this come from, Big Herc? Where where is all where is this kind of mentality that we see in black cult? And I, I'm I, I know where he's Mexican, he's white, I'm Armenian. Some people might get uncomfortable about this, but it's like I think black I think black culture is American culture, and American culture is American history, and we have to have a real discussion about this because I I I, I think what happened in the 80s and the 90s was like Jesse Jackson L. Sharpton created a thing that people couldn't criticize black culture. And so it became this kind of this thing where it just was like an inside job and everybody was just allowed to do whatever they want without outside influence. And I think outside influences is super important. People on the outside have to tell you, what, hey, man, you're acting really crazy right now. Why don't you click it back a little bit? And we see it happen. Like, you know, what's happening with, like, you know, the gay movement and stuff. There was a time where everyone's like, hey, dude, we should be able to get married. And and there was a big fight against that. Now they're like, yeah, you can get married. But now they've gone so crazy into, like, hey, man, let me wear be a drag queen and read your kindergarten. Whoa, that went too far. And now you see the outside influences going the other way to the gay community going, hey, man. We gave you equal rights. Chill the fuck out with this kid shit, right? And like that's what I kind of think happened, man. This movement to make people too scared to criticize what was happening in black culture. That it just got it just was allowed to just do whatever it wants, whenever it wants. And I think that is a dangerous thing to have. Well, you're you're absolutely right that black culture, the American culture, and I only said black culture in in reference to like hip hop and how they weaponize black culture because country music, man, I've been in country music uh, functions, you know, where everybody's the blind bands, nobody's tripping, nobody's trying to one up or size you up. I mean, I've been places where they say, oh man, why? I mean, I've been maybe one of three black guys, never had a problem. So culture yeah, American culture is having some type of uh, in, in value in us as, as a whole, not not the division, which, they, which is what they're creating. And what saved me, I believe, is exposure. I grew up on a military base, Treasure Island, um, the Bay Area in the 80s, skateboarding, going to San Francisco, Embarcadero, you know, Golden Gate Park. We, we used to be all over, little kids, 12, 12 years old, 13, 11 running around and you know it was filipino white laotian chinese hawaiian it it didn't matter we lived on a military base everybody was chill there was never any racial divide or oh you're mexican this and that i mean everybody hung out with everybody so i had that experience but i didn't really look at how influenced and how i had been kind of programmed through you know whatever um, music influences or media influences till I got to federal prison and I really looked at it because in juvenile hall I was young 15 you know there was white guys in there who sold dope who were gang members black, every, black guys all of them sold dope everybody was gang banging and so I didn't really I knew that I was different because none of these kids could pretty much they, none of them could really read or do any math but they could sell a lot of dope and so when I was in there and I'm looking around I'm like damn you know I know that 
this isn't what my family endorses. And a lot of these kids, their whole family knew they sold dope. I mean, I was sneaking around selling dope. So it was always like me kind of living a double life. And then when I caught my case and when I was 18, uh, driving the guy who did a, who did a, a home invasion and I went to, to CYA for two years, eight months, you know, once again, I didn't really have any male influences, you know, that kind of set me down. I mean, my grandfather was my major male influence, never met my dad, but uh, we never really had those conversations. And I was always a dreamer, you know, looking in G2 magazine, watching lifestyle, the rich and famous, you know, want to be the black James Bond. You know, I always had these dreams of being very successful, watching wall street, Gordon Gecko. you know, I was one of those guys. So I always felt like an outsider fitting in because nobody around me had the same goals, ambitions, or dreams. So it was like, where do I go to to find this? I never met a black doctor, never met a black lawyer, a black accountant, a black uh, corporate cor- corporate owner until I went to the feds. And then, and actually before that, when I lived in Huntington Beach for a little while, you know, I was exposed to it a little bit because the Orange County bubble and I had, you know, and I was a minority in that area, but I didn't really get to appreciate it or acclimate to the area because I was in there. I was only there for two years and I felt like an outsider. So I did have exposure, but I still didn't have that influence. So going back to, like I said, when I got to the feds, I met an older black gentleman who was articulate from South central. He was spiritual you know, he read Conversations with God, Deepak Tropa. He was very uh, intellectual, didn't sag, you know, talk proper. He he uh, he was in the feds for pulling, you know, basically container heist. But he used to make a lot of money, drove Ferraris on the street, Porsches. You know, he was he was a guy and I looked like he was a refined uh, brother that it, 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 he questioned. He made me question myself. Why do you talk like that? Why do you, you know, why do you, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And nobody had ever done that. No, nobody had really sat me down, especially from a, a male perspective and, and show me what it was like to be a man. So as I was under him and at 24 and kind of mentoring me, and then I had another guy who was a mentor who was an older white guy, I really found myself and who I was. And I, that sent me on a spiritual quest. So between reading spirituality and studying um, the law, that's all I did for eight years. I didn't I didn't really have a regular job in the federal penitentiary. I had a job where they call it pay you no mind, where I only made maybe $8 a month and I hustled. I hustled helping people with legal work, typing, and I used that time to find myself because I figured, you know, I don't have time to play dominoes. I don't have time to play spades. I don't have time to play a basketball in the yard or watch BET. I need to get my mind right. I need to figure out what did I, what mistakes did I do or what choices did I make that led to me coming to prison? I mean, dude, I'm in there with guys, you know, one dude had four life sentences plus a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I'm in there oh with my dudes God. who got, uh, one dude got a year. He got a year for every million dollars he laundered. They gave him a hundred years. He laundered, he laundered, he, uh, laundered a hundred million dollars. I mean, dude, like crazy dudes. And I'm talking to some of these guys and these guys are killers. I can feel the energy. I'm talking to a guy. And he was like, big hurt, man. I'm, and I'm just trying to get somewhere where it's, a, where it's a low where I can try to escape. You know, he's like, I just got to get my points down so I can escape, man. I said, I'm not going to do all this time. I mean, these dudes are straight, man, killers. Not these fake dudes out here running around that are doing everything yeah. high. These dudes, you can look in their eyes. 
you look at dudes in federal in long when I was in Long Park in 2000, USP, they call it Castle Gray School. People were getting killed up in there, man. People were, it's no joke, man. It's, you don't even look at nobody. You don't even look at people in the face unless you, unless you, you don't look at, you don't nod your head. You don't, dude, if you turn the TV, somebody might stab you. Really? Dudes will stab you over the TV. Man, they don't, man, it's not a place to play, man. There's people who, it's serious up in there. You know what I mean? Dudes are selling big dope up in there. I mean, it's a, it's this whole, it's a, another world. And when you see how serious that is, and you get to this, you, you make your way down. And I, I had, I had high points because I had a violent crime. So I never made it to a camp or to a low. So I respected that experience so that when I got out, I'm like, dude, you know, I got, I can't get out here and mess around. You know, I have to take advantage of what I, what I've been exposed to and figure out like who I am and where I want to go. And my goal was to get out, come up with a show and basically educate people, not through fear, like scare straight, but actually try to provide value, value where you, you, you like you said, you show somebody something, hey man, you can be a doctor, you can be an architect, hey man, you can run a multi-million dollar business, you can go to school and be a dentist, you can you know learn to be a lawyer, you can be something beyond a street dude. You know, there's so many more options, but if you've never met anybody who lives in a 4,000 square foot house, who has a boat, who actually have legitimate income, who's made it, then you think it's all a fantasy and all you think is the rappers with the grills and the, and the, the, the cell phone uh, stacks of money and all that stuff. You think that's your only out or either playing basketball. There's a lot of other things you can do that can make you successful if you focus on that, but you gotta be exposed to it. There's guys I know in LA right now who never go to the beach. They've never been to the beach. Their feet have never touched the sand. Unbelievable. Dude, 15 miles from the beach and they've never met out, man. I'll never walk in the sand barefooted, man. That's some, that's some weirdo, man, the sand, the grass, you know what I mean? So that tells you like, if you're so disconnected with the mother earth, the spirituality, nature, man, dude, you're, you're lost. Surreal. You're lost. It don't matter how much money you may selling drugs on the street. If you can't tap into that, that higher self and get that higher vibration of frequency, to where you can attract that good energy. You can have all the money in the world, but you're looking over your shoulder. Somebody's going to be trying to rob you. Some girl's going to be trying to set you up. Somebody else is going to try to, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, put you in a situation, tell on, I mean, it's all type of negative stuff because it's a low frequency. And a lot of people don't understand money is not the end all. It's having, when you have good energy and you're, you're, you're a good spirit, all that stuff, you know, money comes just as, uh, as a as a blessing, but everybody's chasing, chasing, chasing the money, and they're chasing it in such a dark form that that money, man, it, it, it becomes an, an evil, an evil, an evil drive, and that's what a lot of people go wrong. Yeah, you're making money talking about murdering people and killing people. I mean, how many people have you killed in your songs? Then you turn around, and other young people are listening to that music, and they're going out committing those acts yeah. because the music has hypnotized them and vibrated, and they know that music has a certain. It's yeah. not like a movie. Um, a movie, yeah, if you sit there and watch an old video game, but songs, you keep playing them, it does have a sense. When you're not mature enough, where you haven't got to a point like now, I'm mature enough where I can listen to a song and just listen to a beat. But when you're young, you know, you listen to that, you're like, your mind is so meanable that you just, you believe that shit. 
And it's not real, man. Guys, I want to tell you about our friends at Blue Chew. That's right. American boners for American men, for American ladies, unless it's you're into American guys. And then you can do whatever you want. And guys, it is time to bring the summer heat to the bedroom. Hammer of the gods, okay? The temperatures aren't the only things rising in the summer, okay? Guys, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and CLs, but in a chewable tablet for a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you don't need to plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises, okay? You don't have to be like, oh, dude, I want a boner during the summer solstice, so I'm going to take it on this day when the sun is in the high, high, uh, the high house, okay? Just take it and prepare to rock, okay? It's just that simple. The process is easy, okay? Okay, sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, boom, you'll receive your pres- prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so you don't have to visit the, the doctor's office with the hot nurse. Now you got to be like, yeah, I need, uh, I'm trying to get bigger boners. No, you don't have to embarrass yourself. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA. American boners for American men. For American ladies, okay? Blue Chew is the bomb. I love doing it all the time. This guy just flies around the country with his Blue Chew. Yep, just here and there everywhere. Bam. Dude, this guy flies with rock hard all the time. On the plane. Because he never knows when it's time to join the Mile they High never, Club. They never want to search You don't want to be sitting next to him. He's got to get up not. to the bathroom. You better go You better <laughs> go ass toward me. And he not, can't not even, <laughs> dude, his blue chew is so strong, he can't even lower his, his, his tray table. His tray table. <laughs> okay, that's how it is. Okay, we love it. You love it. Yo. So if you could use some extra benefits in the bedroom when it's time to perform blue chew can help and with a special deal for our listeners try blue chew free when you use the promo code tinfoil at checkout just pay five dollars shipping that's bluechew.com promo code tinfoil to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information and we thank blue chew for sponsoring this podcast do you have something to say? Cause I was I, gonna say, have you heard of drill music? Now it's past a whole different thing. It's called drill music. Now they'll go kill someone and rap about it on the track, and they'll say like, "I smoked whoop de whoop," and it sounds like they're talking about weed, but they're talking about the guy they just oh, killed. Man, whoop de whoop was a solid dude, too, right? Man. Damn, <laughs> dude, that is insane. Well, yeah. this it's is it. It's Chicago always got to go, yeah, yeah, right? go a little farther, right? It's always got to go a little farther. And you know, I. I haven't been on the Joe Rogan experience in a long time, but when I was on there, I got a lot of shit for something I said. And I was talking about how, like, you know, I remember, like, it, this wasn't, it, 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 the movie had come out a while before I did the Joe Rogan experience, but I remember watching, like, Steven Seagal movies, right? And there was this guy, and he was just walking around New York City killing people, right? And then he would go home and just chill out. And I go, <laughs> I go, if you're somebody at home and you're not the smartest person in the world, you watch that, you think you can just plug somebody and nobody's coming after you. And there's no consequences for you. There's no consequences for your actions. And that if you do so, if you break the law, the cops aren't going to come after you for for murdering somebody. And I and we see that a lot. We have, you know, like you're saying, there's these these songs now where people are committing crimes and the cops aren't after him and and it puts out this thing that there aren't consequences for your actions so big hurt when you were when you before you started doing all this stuff was there any thought that hey man i might get caught and i might have to do a lot of time was there any thought to that is there any thought to these youth about where they might end up 
You know what? That That's a great question. And, you know, I think about that and I'm thinking about like the mindset and do when you're in that mindset that you think you're indestructible, that you're going to outsmart the police by when you commit these crimes. And, you know, if, it, if you get caught, you get caught, but you really don't entertain that because you're so caught up in the moment or the lifestyle. So you don't really, you're not, you're not really balancing out your actions. And I, and I, and I, I say, you know, that goes along with your maturity as far as your age, you grow out of that in your late twenties, early thirties, you're no longer thinking about you know, or you shouldn't be thinking about like the gang banging, you know, um, tying people up, doing crazy stuff like that, robbing people, because you realize that you kind of can see things now and there's something that clicks in your brain. But when I was young, when I was, you know, 21, 22, 23, man, I was on some gangster shit. You know, I'm not trying to say I'm the toughest dude out there, but you know, a lot of my stuff, I mean, if dudes go back and look, even in my town, they'll know. I mean, I was, I was around doing a lot of shit, man. And, you know, when I was doing that, I was thinking like, you know, I'm super gangster. You know, um, if, if somebody comes at me, you know, I'm ready. You know, I used, to, I used to roll around with a strap all the time. You know what I mean? I wasn't tripping. I would do shit and let people know and it had a reputation to where, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I could play the, the, the square guy. I can dress up. I can go over here and mingle. I could talk. And I knew how to play both sides. But once I got locked up, I realized that that other person wasn't really me, man. I didn't want to be that person. That's a dark, that was a very dark person, man. And um, that's why I try to relate to these kids that, you know, there is, a, there is another side to yourself that you haven't tapped into that you can, because, you know, you, you it's easy to fall into that. And when you're around just, it was, a, yeah, I was around a lot of dark energy and I was lost. I didn't even know when I was 21, 22, 23, I really didn't have no direction, man. I mean, I had went to college, six six units shy of my AA, never went back. Um, I was doing adult movies, and I was robbing dudes. I would go, you know, be do. I would do a movie on Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. I might rob a dude, man, and then come back and act like nothing happened. I was doing. I was a gangster, bro. I was on some way out shit. So when I did the bank robbery, I was already see. I had built up all these bad choices, decisions. So it was easy to do the next thing. So that's what I'm saying. When you, when you're on that path, it's like a, a big, a big generator that's spinning and the centrifugal force is so strong. If you threw a watermelon in there, it'll shred it. So when you're on that type of centrifugal force and you are, somebody's telling you something contradictory, you're not really listening because it's spinning so fast. So the only way that thing stops is something dramatic has to happen. You have to have something that makes you like, you know, whether you get shot, something happens, somebody dies, you know, you have to have something that shakes you up to where he's like, oh my God, what am I doing in my life? And I had that, you know, may, maybe if I would have had somebody talk to me before, or maybe if I would have voiced this um, out, out loud to somebody close to me, but I didn't really have any close male friends. And, you know, um, the girl I would at the time, I didn't really know how to express this stuff. So I had a lot of it bottled in. And therefore, everything came out of my actions after the fact. I wasn't really thinking about it. I mean, I had kind of thought about it a little bit. And, you know, the crazy thing is the morning I went to commit the bank robbery, my mom called me 7 o'clock that morning to ask me, what am I doing? 
And that was a sign from God. That was a spiritual sign. Damn, but, dude. You know, I didn't, I didn't get, it. I sat there and she's like, Hey, did you watch the bachelor last night? I'm like, yeah, it's first season. And I'm sitting there and I got these, I got a damn army suit on ready to go do spray for the guy to pick me up. And I'm sitting Whoa. there. And when I got off the phone with her, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, all I got to do is tell him, you know, I'm not going, I'm cool, you know, or I, I don't feel well, I'll pass. But I, I, I didn't, you know, when I walked out that door for the last time, man, I knew it wasn't something in my heart told me, but I thought it was just one of those, oh, shake it off. And so you get signs, you know, but if you're not tuned in, you don't see it. It's like, you know, when you go down, you go somewhere, and you're like, man, some tell you, man, don't go down that alley or man, you know what? Let me leave this bar early. You know, there's certain feelings you get about certain things, but if you're not in tune to that sixth sense, man, you miss it. And I missed it. You know, that could have changed my life, man. I, I mean, you know, and I, I'm not saying that, it, it, it maybe I, I would have stopped that path, but it could have changed my life. But you know, there's things that you can see now for me, I feel it's my duty to share it with other people, these yeah. type of feelings, because Crazy. dude, both the dudes in my case are dead. The one guy got out before me, the driver, he did maybe five or six years. He got out, got lupus. He died oh, a year oh. after he got out. The other guy, the guy who I did the robbery, who ran in the bank with me, Dude, he, he, he went crazy in prison. He felt so bad that he told because he was just scared. He went from being a great dude who was trying to be an actor. He went into prison. He recanted his story. They tried to give him seven years. He went to trial. They gave him 17 years. He went crazy in prison, stopped showering, got out, was living on Skid Row. And the police were doing a sweep down there one day. And, dude, they said he reached for the gun and they shot him four times. He's oh. dead. So both my co-defendants are dead. I'm the only one alive. So I feel it's like my spiritual calling to share my story, to help other young people who are in these trying times, because a lot of these kids I talk to across the world, New Zealand, Denmark, Russia, uh, Hungary, Canada, they don't have anybody telling them anything. They don't have no, no male figure, you know, giving them advice, you know, about, Hey man, you could take a trade, go into the military, get away from your friends. It's all right to be different. Cause I always felt like I was different. I never fit in. Even when I was in prison, guys would say, Hey man, you know, what's up being hurt, being convict. I said, man, I'm just passing through. What do you mean you're passing through? I said, dude, I don't own none of this shit. I'm not buffing the floor. I'm not doing all this stuff. Iron, dude, I'm just passing through. Oh, you think you just passing through? Huh? I said, yeah. So I never bought into that prison mentality. And a lot of people didn't like that. They said, trip off, you know, how I talk and stuff. And guys would say, hey, man, what are you in here for? And I'm like, I'm in here for bank robbery. Oh, man, you had a note, huh? I said, nah, man, I had a gun. You had a gun? Oh, man, okay. Because if I would have said I had a note, they're like, oh, he's soft. I'm going to try Big Hurt. I'm going to see if I can press him. Oh, damn, dude. Because you had a note? Yep. Lesson learned, dog. when When you're articulate and when you carry yourself a certain way, I always had a book bag. I was always in a law library. I, would, I had a routine. I, I would, if I had to go to work in more, I go to work. I come back. I go work out, and then I would go to the. I would go um, after lunch. I would go to the law library for three hours a night, and that's all I did. And a guy one time, these guys, this guy from um, Baltimore, he was like, "Man, what are you doing on law library?" I said, "Man, I'm studying, man." You know, he's like, "What are you studying?" I said, "I'm studying law. Maybe there's a way I can get out early." He's like, "Oh man, you, would you, you, you in here for bank robbery, right?" He said, "Bank robbery." I'm like, "Yeah." He said, man, why don't you just do your time? I said, man, why don't you do your time? And me and this dude had a standoff. 
Like, I thought he was going to try to stab me, and if he was, I was going to have to try to annihilate his ass. But that's the type of mentality. Do your time. This guy, walked, he was walking. Shit, all he did was walk the track and and carry a knife and wait for wait to get into some shit. But that's the influence. So you got all those black guys with him. Here I am doing my own thing. And even me doing my own thing, people don't like it. You know what I mean? They, they can't stand to see you being different. And that's the thing about our, about in general, people want to fit in. They're scared to be the individual. They're scared to speak up. They don't want nobody to, you know, they don't yep. want to send nobody. They don't want people yep. to think they're different. It's all right to be different. It's all right if you're a black guy, you want to play the violin or be a yes. drummer. You know what I mean? It's all right to be a skateboarder and be Mexican or being an Armenian basketball player. Yes. It don't, you know, it's not a black thing. It's just being American, bro. I completely agree with everything you're saying, and uh, 100, I mean, this show, I mean, listen, dude, I'm a stand-up comic, I haven't been through all the stuff you have, but, you know, in this town, why everyone's zigging, I'm zagging, and it can get, like, it can get kind of, like, quiet, man, and uh, people don't like anybody who walked you know dance to their own beat happens all the time everybody likes conformity they all want to conform because they think if they conform then suddenly they'll be more accepted and more opportunities will come and i think that just i think the more you conform down the line the less options you have to be happy they send you down this kind of line and you're just out of options and now you're in a job you hate because you just you thought this was the what you did you conform in reality it's about going your own way and you know the the hip-hop culture i mean we, there's a very famous meeting i don't know if it's it's real or not but we've all seen that kind of like blog entry that talks about this guy was in the music industry he was called to a secret meeting in which the you know the prison industrial complex walked in and goes basically we own the record labels now and we want you to push this gangbanger crime rhyme stuff because we want to fill our prisons and people pushed back and they were thrown out they all had to sign non disclosures so they couldn't say anything and this is where we are. I mean, if you take a look at the story of Ice Cube, man, uh, Larry Elders did a giant uh, like video on him about his story isn't his character that he played. And that he, he professed this like kind of this gangbanger thing in NWA when in reality is from uh, 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 he was he w he had to go forty miles to a different school. His family were both the, a private were, school. Yeah, they went to a private school. Easy E blasted him on one of those little con controversial yeah. things, and he's like in a dress. He's all in a private picture. Yeah, it's everybody's all, yeah. talking about that, and it's just like if you look at who gets promoted. Across, I mean, it's not just even black culture. If you look who's get promoted across all these different things that Hollywood puts out, they, these kind of stereotypes are always the worst of the stereotypes that they want you to follow. Like Cardi B. Look, what, uh, look man, she was talking about robbing Johns that she was with. And then all of a sudden you saw all these stories of women starting to rob Johns. It just happens. And, and it just like. They even made a movie about it. Right, and then you got even with the like in the white people, you have all these like I'm a Republican, I'm anti-gay, and then all of a sudden they get busted doing gay <laughs> shit on the weekends. Right? I mean, like yeah, it happens all the time. They get pushed per specifically to push a certain narrative, which is crime rhymes. You watch old old hip hop rappers talk about there was a time where people settled their problems with fists, then it became guns. And now we have all the, you know, who gets promoted pushes a certain narrative. And I remember listening on a hip-hop radio station. 
They were yeah, they were kind of trying to talk down to this woman because she grew up in a two parent household, and that was like seen as a negative thing. <laughs> Amazing. And you're like, what are we doing? It's the push to everything wrong. And you kind of talked about this, about you know you were going to rob a bank, and something was telling you don't go. And I think we have so much of this in our society now. And we, everyone gets kind of this gut feeling like, hey, man, I shouldn't be doing this right now. And I used to get all the time. I was on drugs, man. And I would find myself in places where I knew if my mother knew I was there, she'd be so embarrassed and she'd start fucking crying that I'd, I'd gone to this place. And, you know, in recovery, they call them lower companions. I hate that term because I was right there with them. I was making the same decisions. They were, we were participating in the same low frequency shit. And they would talk and like, I would be like, here I am. And I would get this gut feeling all the time that I'm doing something that isn't right. But I, I just didn't care. I just didn't care. It's just that thing that you don't look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. And it's just like, now I'm a guy who kind of owns his shit. But we don't have that enough in society anymore. People just don't listen to their inner stuff. And they just numb themselves, whether it's pharmaceutical drugs mm. or it's whether it's illegal street drugs. Not to hear the voice inside them telling you this is not the path you were meant to be on. I agree. Well, for for men too, doesn't it seem that a lot of this has to do with what what it actually means to be a man? You know, because it, it feels like we're kind of programmed to think it's that macho thing. Which you know, there is some of that too, being a man. But a lot more of it is you know having the courage. To follow your own path, you know, and having the courage to stand up for other people who are maybe in pain or need help. And that's kind of, you know, looked down on as like, oh, you're, you know, you're soft or whatever. Right, right. And I guess we just need a new role, mo role models, right? Is that, is that what it is? What's the answer, Big Herc? What do you think? Well, you, you know, you, you made a great point, man. And, you know, think about this, right? As far as men and, and role models, us as young men, how many times have you heard, like, you know, a, a father tell his son or daughter, I love you. You know, he might do it by buying him something, taking him shopping, family vacation, but it's the love, man. See, we don't have enough love, especially I see a lot of people, most of the guys I grew up around, you know, a lot of my close friends, they had no dads. They had no love. They had nobody loving them. The ones that did, that the, the dads took them to Pop Warner, took them fishing on, you know, uh, road trips, helped them build a car together. They stayed out of trouble. Having that interaction with your dad, building a hot rod, you know, learning how to throw football. And then nobody teach me how to throw a football. I learned in the streets. Nobody taught me how to shoot a basketball. Nobody really taught me how to play baseball. I learned from the homies. So if you have that love, it's that male love that it's not making you soft, but it gives you value, validation. You, you, you look at your life. You look at things differently. I used to be jealous when I lived to everybody. A lot of the guys I knew in Huntington Beach when I went to Marina High School, they all had dads. I go to their house, and I'm like, damn, man, it must be cool. Your dad's taking you to the uh, Rams game. Your dad's taking you to Anaheim Angels game. Your dad's taking you out fishing. Your dad, dude, I was jealous. I didn't have a dad. You know what I mean? Having that guy that, you know, after the game, you're feeling down because you lost. Hey, son, it's all right. I love you, man. You're a good kid. If you have that, it changes you. Because if you don't have love, you have anger. You have frustration. You have fear. You have all these dark emotions. And your mom could try to nurture those, but you need a man to give you that bravado. You need a man to pick you up. Hey, man, it's all right. You're going to go back. You're going to get him next time. That man, just like what Custom Model did for Tyson. But if you have a dad, you have a, you know, it's better. if you have a dad, that's great. But if you don't have a dad, if you have a strong uncle 
or a cousin, somebody who, who says, hey, man, I love you. It's all right. You're going to get through this. You, you won't go and do the dumb shit. You'll think again. You know, hey, man, what, where, who, what are you doing? Get your ass in the car. Man, who, who's those dudes? Man, you ain't hanging out with them no more. Hey, we're about to do this. You're going to go over here and do this. You need that. Somebody to give you a perspective where when you see those guys again, man, I remember my dad said, those dudes, man, they're going to end up over here and blah, 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 blah. You know what? I'm not going to do that. You, you need that, 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 that voice in your head. When you don't have that voice, the next voice you're going to hear, boom, the, gl- the judge slapping down that gavel. <laughs> 10 years, 120 months, five years, pro, you know, whatever the case may be. You're, and then you're going to be crying. Oh, man, the system. Oh, man, these people, man. You did it. You did it to yourself. Yes. Didn't nobody tell you to go out there and be jacking people and rob and smash and grab and, and doing all this stuff. And, man, look, if you don't have a felony, you've never been in trouble. Man, sky's the limit. You can go to ITT. You can go, man, they're hiring all day. You can go take a fabrication class. You can become a diesel mechanic. You can go to the military for two years to four years and get you a GI Bill. There's a gang of options. There's no excuse. You can start a, a, an eBay business on your phone. There's no excuse to be doing dumb shit, man. But these kids, they don't have nobody talking to them. You need that strong male figure. Hey, man, get your get your butt up. Let's go to the gym. Hey, let's go for a bite. Let's do something. Quit being lazy. If you go outside nowadays, you don't see no kids out playing. I mean, I see where I'm at. But a lot of these places, these kids, they're not they're not active. They're not doing nothing. Everybody's caught up in the social media in the moment. Yeah. And you got to like, you know, if you have somebody as far as the male influence, he can kind of show you like, hey, man, that guy right there, yeah, it look like he get money. He walking around, look at him with the Gucci, all this stuff. Man, that ain't shit. If you if you if you go to school or you do this, take this trade, start this, you can become a plumber. And in in three years, you'll be making a quarter million a year. Have your own business, run your own schedule, and dude, in ten years, you'll be a millionaire. You got to think long term because if you commit a crime, you get away. You have a two three year run, and you do fifteen years. Do the math. Three years, you thought you made a little bit of money because you weren't working. But you could have got that same money working at uh, at uh, Walmart. But now you're sitting in prison working for eighty to six, maybe maybe ten to eight, sixty cents an hour for ten years, fifteen years. How stupid is that? You're going to prison to work for sixty cent, fifty cent, and you're doing ten years for robbing a dude for two pounds a week. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and you know what, man. We have a we have a real problem, and, and you're seeing it on a very large scale. Cultural Marxism. Uh, everybody is just being bombarded with past trauma that will never ever be able to be changed. But people identify with this past trauma. It it, it basically is is. How they they see themselves is through something that happened 100, 200 years ago over the last couple decades. And it's it's so easy to just be able to go, I'm where I am because of this, because of that, because of this. If you take a look at like, okay, so a percentage of the uh, prison population is black. What is it, like 30% now? Is it something kind of number like that? What? The black percentage of the prison population? Yeah, no, it's more than that. It's like, what, 40, 50? Like or what percentage of the black community is in jail? And which is totally tragic and totally wrong. We all know that those 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 drug laws were purposely done to do this. Okay? Yeah, it's 40%. 40% of the population, 
and they make up what 12 percent yeah. yeah okay so and what percentage of uh, uh we're doing a lot of numbers here but a percentage of the black population is in jail what we never talk about is what percentage of the population is not in jail and why aren't those people in jail? What are they doing that the other that that this segment isn't doing? And it's very simple and it's something that's never talked about is like are you playing the game of life? Are you playing the game of life? There are different parts of this haunted house we live in are more haunted than others. And within those certain areas there are different rules at different places. And it sucks because the rules should all be the same for everybody. But because we know that there's these demon suckers who are who are trying to destroy our communities that are making different rules for different things. So are you playing this game? And if you think all this marching and all this stuff is going to change the system, it's not. You don't change the system. This is what you really do. You know what you do? You change yourself. You make your difference. You to define yourself by something that happened 200 years ago. My grandparents, my grandfather's, parents uh his brother my great-grandfather's brothers and sisters were all killed by the turks they were they were slaughtered in front of him and he was able to escape and get away i do not define myself that, by that because i was lucky that a gentleman made a decision to get the fuck out of that situation go somewhere else and change his family's destination and his, uh, their 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 livelihood and their direction uh so that to me, and, and I'd love to hear Big Hurt's opinion on that if I'm out of pocket on this one, but it's like to define your, it's so easy to define yourself by something that can never be changed. So you could always use that as an excuse on where you are and what's going on. Uh, to, to understand that here's the game that needs to be, what is the game? What is the game of life? And I think the game of life is for each one of us to change our family's trajectory. And how do we do that? By, you know, it's like we do this show. Herc, you have your amazing YouTube channel called Fresh Out, right? That's how we change our family's destinations. What are your thoughts on that? What we focus on, what we don't focus on? Um, I think you made a great point, man. And when you say that you're, no, you're not going to accept that to define you, now that requires responsibility. And, you know, to add to what you're saying, I have a friend, a good friend from Romania. And his grandfather worked in slave camps, lost some of his fingers working um, in conditions, you know, no, no further than two generations ago. And, um, you know, they, his, he had escaped, you know, and his uncle was in a slave camp. I mean, they had slave camps. This is, this is not in, you know, the 1800s. You're talking the 1900s, man. So, you know, these people have went through stuff. His family migrated to Chicago from Chicago. You know, um, he he went to college and got his life together doing his thing. But I never hear him talk about, oh, man, because of my grandfather and this and blah, blah, blah. And see, the thing is, that makes money over here. People like the, the, the who, who were pushing that mentality and they're like, well, we're, we need to get this. We need to get that. As long as you keep thinking you're going to get something, you can keep these people riled up and then they miss all the other fruits that are going, that are already hanging from the tree. They're no longer striving because yeah. they're stagnant. It's like, I got them frozen in time because they're still trying to wait for a justification. And when they keep pushing that agenda, it makes you more dependent. But if you go out here and just get it. And like you said, you see more people that are actually successful. You see there's guys, not the hip hop, there's guys who are multi who don't dress like that, who are talk articulate, these guys are educated. 
their 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 families are are going to good great schools. They have two families. There's a lot of that. But when you don't project that, see, people buy into that part of the matrix. So yes. it's all about what what is being propagated on media. And I remember Byron Allen said why he wanted a network was because when he created programs, he wanted his daughters to see certain things that were um, that were addressing her in a proper fashion. And he asked one of the other executives, he said, would you want your daughter to be watching a show that shows women, you know, doing all this stuff and showing this? He's like, nah. He said, well, why do I want my kids to watch that? And like he said about Cardi B, I mean, dude, they, you know, they're the place for grown people business. What you do in the bedroom, certain things. Yes. But you know, when you have little kids twerking and you're throwing money at them and you got little kids, if you believe, Get out of here. Yeah, I see the little video. I'm like, dude, you're teaching a kid already. What values are you teaching him already? He's in that thing. So when he gets old enough, the first thing he going to do is get a gun and think about doing something contrary to the law. I'm like, dude, so these values, like he said, it, it, it trickles down, but it has to start with somebody taking responsibility and quit trying to make excuses. I'm a three-time felon, man. I have never been on welfare. I've never got out here and was crying. Man, I've been, man, I can't, this hard for a black man. It's this hard out here. Man, I go places, I talk to people. I got Armenian friends. I got uh, uh, Hispanic friends. White. I mean, dude, it doesn't matter. It's how you care. I never have I said, I can't do something because I'm black in America or because of, I've been, dude, I've done more time than most of these people talking all this shit. And I don't make no excuses, but people like, oh man, what you trying to, not everybody. Yeah, you can. What's your excuse? Stop being a damn victim. Everybody wants to justify. Quit being a damn victim, man. It's so easy. And like so much of these narratives are also uh, being pushed by opportunists who have not grown up in like a really big part of uh, political correctness is people wanting credit for oppression they never gone through, and they 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 are like Ice Ice Cube, right? I mean, Ice Cube is like, man, it's hard out here. And like, dude, you're going to a private school. There's that guy K- Kwame Bell. What's his name? The guy on CNN? Uh, K- Kamal Bell. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he had like a private school uh, Negro or something like that. It's like, dude, you went to a <laughs> private school? Like, what are you talking about? And every show he does is about some kind of oppression. Like, no, I'm not saying that. If you're rich and black, you there isn't problems in life. Of course there are. I mean, the cops fuck with a lot of people, dude. But I'm just saying that, dude, this notion that you're going, it's like this narrative being pushed. You're playing a character. You're, you're no different. Ice Cube is basically Larry the Cable Guy. He's playing a character and presenting a lifestyle that he's, they did never really lived, and you see it happening all the time. And now, Johnny, we talk about this all on the show. This whole push now to get black men to wear drag everywhere they go, and this push to make trans black trans or like you brought up the Dr. Dre thing, this hidden picture that suddenly comes out. It's this feminizing thing, right? This yeah. it's some, some I don't know what it's about though. I can't work it out, but it's it's this effort to feminize, especially Dude, black but it's men. Working. It's, it's about working. destroying alphas. It's, it's about the destruction of alphas. Alphas lead. Remember I told you I was watching yeah. that stupid thing on uh, dude I was watching uh Coachella. It's like every act at Coachella is a trans with a banjo and this guy's like I I don't want to be strong. I want to be weak. What? What? Are that, you done? That's and, what they're and, pushing. And the crazy part is Sam's right. I went to like this Coachella top of it. These these 
the, these guys had their nails painted, they got the hottest chicks. Like the chicks who want the general, the the fluid general, like even, what do they call that? Yeah, that's my whole thing. Ladies, stop crying about that there's no good men out there yeah. when you're out there just banging these trans. Yeah, I'm over here painting. I'm like, no wonder these guys are winning. Like, I'm, I'm at a point where I might paint my nails if I got to get a chick like that. Paint your nails isn't <laughs> you know, such a bad thing. Paint your nails isn't so wrong. Okay? Especially your toenails, right? Yeah, toenails are fine. That's Black's cool, right? Black, black's fine? Yeah, black's fine. That means I'm fucking <laughs> in the spooky action, okay? But, um, so yeah, so it's basically like there is a movement, like you, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle used to talk about all these famous black actors would have to play women and uh, play these female roles. What do you think that's about, Big Herc? That's a. That's about taking the strongest guy in the room and breaking him. See, yep. it's almost like when they said, they said you know, buck breaking, when they said young buck, they call it, but they would break the strongest slave. If they took him, like literally there were, you know, <laughs> they used to have, see, the fantasy was, was old, old school cuckle, where they would have the slave guy, the, the guy in the field, the woman would act like her husband's gone, have him come in there and have sex with her. And then when the dude came back, he'd be like, oh, what are you doing? And then he would actually in front of the slaves, take his butt, rape him, and that would be a sign of dominance. And certain people, certain cultures, especially down south, man, a lot of these dudes in prison, down south dudes, they, they're into that, you know, taking dudes' ass, man. They think that's a sign of dominance. So, like you said, get rid of alpha. If Hollywood wants, if you, you know, you might make a little bit of money, but if you want to cross, cross the next transition, you gotta go and you know do that do that crossroad or let the uh, somehow participate in something. And I know this is part of the game because like you know like I said I was in I was in the sex industry and I know I've seen little stuff and I you know ran across different people mm-hmm. and even like in the porn they have started getting to a point where they were trying to have guys do little weird shit to see if they can get a straight guy to let this guy do this or do that or see if you're cool with this. And so that's a whole thing with seeing how we can possibly take a dominant alpha, a silverback, and see if we can get him to cross over and do some of this other stuff to see what his what his his, his threshold is, you know? And like you were saying about the, the, a lot of these guys with the paint and nails, well, you might have a female acting like she likes that weak dude, but that same female, I have some, some dude who's a... Uh, a, a gorilla blowing her back. <laughs> yeah. be blowing her back out. I've seen his women blowing her back out. Don't have a gorilla blowing her back out, and the husband will give you a high five. Yeah, that's how these videos are definitely Dude. a weird trend in porn. They're all sure over. It's it the is, new. Man. It's the new shit. It's the new stepsister. Sure the is. new stepmom. It's all cooking. Oh, that's the whole thing. Like I grew up in an area where they, they had a ton of like it was statistically known as like the number one incest place in, in all of New York state. And like, everyone's like, it's so disgusting. Now that's like a, the number one genre on porn up. It's all about just trying to, to shish kebab your sense of what is right and what is wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and I used to do a lot of drugs, man, and I would set high scores on Pornhub, and I was just like watching these compilation videos, and I'm like, nobody at home just put this video together. It is so well done. I go, this is being done by much higher things, and you know, Pornhub it, it used to brag about having the, the. It was the website that went the quickest to 50 million subscribers. That doesn't just happen overnight 
That's done purposefully, and that is done with what I believe is CIA backing. The CIA pushes this, allows it to do things. Like, Pornhub became one of the first of the websites to allow you to clip other people's content and nothing would happen. If you try to go after them legally, they would have all these lawyers that would just keep you in court forever. So it was impossible to fight these guys that were stealing all your content. Now you have to pay for porn. Now you could go get free clips of hours and hours of porn ups, uh content. That was all done purposefully to lower your frequency and introduce you into darker and deeper stuff. I make no illusions of that. It's just like that was the job. And now crystal meth is everywhere. It's being, you know, it's like supply chains are down except for speed, fentanyl, and all that stuff. Somehow that stuff just somehow getting into the country purposefully, purposefully and easily. We, we're living in a crazy time. You know, I don't know. I mean whether it's from the 80s, the uh, 9-11, but it seems like really, especially over the last seven years, we've seen this kind of real, like, just mega push, warp drive into all of these psyops over and over and over again, mass shootings, food shortages, in, you know, uh, inflation. Now we got gun control. Uh, what are your whole thoughts on why all that's happening, Big Herc? Well, when you, when you talk about subversion and, you know, I, I tell people, man, I didn't read my first real book until I got to prison. And I used to read stuff in there, man, and I'd be like laying on my bunk. I'm like, God, man, I was such an idiot, man. God, I wish I would have read this on the street, man. I'd be reading congressional acts. I mean, I would read um, my, my, uh, my one of my mentors had the U.S. attorney's manual and they would talk about how to, you know, get people and, and you know, to, to basically uh, commit these crimes and how to forfeiture and, and, you know, all these different things. And I would read all these different things about like everything from Behold the Pale Horse to a book about the Black Pope and who really runs the Vatican and all these different things and reading about Cecil Rhodes and the opium wars and how England flooded China and how they were able to take Hong Kong and how you don't need to take a country by using uh, warfare. If you use other means, you know, to, to demoralize the people, you know, break down the culture. And that's what's going on here, man. Why would you want to drop a nuclear bomb and ruin great property when if you flood it with fentanyl and drugs and demoralization and values and, you know, all these other sexuality proclivities. Now you can come in and people have no sense of what's right, what's wrong. You can, you can basically insert the people you want to take control because people have no direction. All the alphas are gone, you know? And if you notice with the whole push, even like you, like you said, with the fentanyl, it's this, you know, the border is not only, you know, with people, illegal immigration, but you're talking like, Dude, tons of drugs. I mean, they show some guys 150,000 fentanyl pills and they let them out on bail. Yeah. Dude, 150,000. They got, these dudes were illegal. They just took off. They're not going back to court. 150,000 people, they said, was enough to kill the city of Houston. How the hell did that happen? So when you see people doing that, people in office, that's telling you, man, they got a plan. They want to destroy the public to the point where you're, you can't parent your kids. If, you're, if you are, they're on drugs or they're, they're confused and they got all these situations going on. And now you come in and say, we have the answer. Bow down to us and basically we'll, we'll solve all your problems. We'll do this and that, but you gotta listen. You gotta, you know, give us your, you know, give us your allegiance. And it's, it's, it's like, I don't know, someone from Chronicles of Riddick type shit, man. It's yeah. crazy, man, when you look at it. I mean, literally 
they got people like so confused. I, I have a friend that's a doctor, works at a, a USC, man, and he said the children's hospital, man, is so sad, man. How many kids, what's going on with all the kids don't know what they are no more. They don't even know what's, they're sad. They don't know what's happening. Kids are, they're depressed. The suicide rate is up. They're not even talking about the suicide. They're not talking about that. Why are they talking about all the kids right now? Damn, they're killing, want to kill themselves, man, because they're so, it's so complex, whether it's the, the bullying, whether it's the, the where do you fit in or identifying. You got kids now that are doing, they don't know what's going on, man. And if I didn't know what I was doing up until 24 and making conscious decisions, how are you going to put that in the hands of a 12-year-old, man? How are you going to do that? You can't. You can't tell me. You don't know when you're 12 or 11. Man, you don't know. You know, you might want to hang out with a girl in tea time, whatever. That don't mean you want to turn around and change the sexuality. Come on, man. I mean, it's like they're 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 bombarding us with all this stuff. But like you said, it's major psyops right now. And by doing that, if, if they can control the media, then it makes it harder for you to um, micromanage your household. Your kids are going out into a battlefield every day, man. You're yeah. going out into a battlefield. Yeah. You almost got to have a spiritual shield around you to protect yourself from everything that's happening. And I used to do this in prison. I used to meditate and I would make myself invisible. Literally when I'd be walking prison, I, 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 some, a lot of people couldn't see me. I might be there, but I was invisible to what was going on. And that's how I survived because I didn't want to have to get in a situation where somebody he tried to do something to me. And in order to protect my life, I had to maybe take somebody else's and then now I got a new charge because oh prison they're not going to protect you so you got to same thing on the street you got to protect yourself and your family because they're they're attacking us from every angle if your kids are in public school you can forget about it now i i'm, I'm scared i wouldn't even want to have a kid man and, until i got enough to where i can put him in a private school and regulate that type of uh, curriculum yeah because public school dude you're done you're yeah. done your kids yeah i mean dude it's an attack everywhere yeah I completely, it's a war on children. It's a war on the next generation. You know, this COVID shit, I was just thinking about it. It was never about COVID. This was a way to introduce all this world economic forum, new world order shit to steal. I mean, stealing our food, stealing all this stuff, banging, hitting us with all this kind of uh, psyop after psyop. Cyber polygon, July 8th, bam, what happens in Canada? Now they get to test that out, see how people react to it. It's all being done. And what? And now you're breaking everybody down. You're turning dudes into betas. You're giving them all this, all this uh, pharmaceuticals, which make them probably follow the rules even more. Conformity. All these artists think the job, their, their whole job is to conform to the narrative. And it's like, no, man, you got to push back. Your whole job is to push back. And you got these older ass liberals who can't come to grips with that. The Democratic Party isn't what they used to be. That's been hijacked by neoliberals who are basically touching dicks with neocons. And it's elites versus everybody. And, you know, Dana was giving me shit last night. She's like, why do you keep talking about rich kids? These rich kids are the ones who are just pushing all this narrative shit it's like it's like malcolm x and the unabomber said the, the rich white liberals are the most dangerous animals out there who do you think's taking their kids to gay pride parades that gay people don't even want they want to go have their own day do their own thing let them do their own thing no, i don't care what they do why you bring your kids there because you are trying to conform so you're trying to show everybody you're a team player 
Yeah, like I've even said, like if I was gay, I would not want kids there. Yeah. No, what the fuck? I'm not even gay. And yeah. I don't want kids yeah, there. Yeah, you'd be here. doing some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah dude. And yeah. then it's like, dude, after a while, these BLM protests, which was completely Marxist, right? These they were Absolutely. just all white girls. They would be pick. You would literally play the game called "Find the Black Person at the BLM March." <laughs> Because it was all white women who throwing up Marx's fists, trying to do that, conforming, 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 yeah. because the, their basic needs of food, shelter, clothing were always taken care of from the moment they came into the world. They were all taken care of, so now they're seeking that out. Now they have to live through someone else's trauma. They want, they want to take, uh, they want credit for oppression they're not going through. So now, they, what do they do? They go to these BLM marches. They're like, I'm helping. Then they go back to their gated community, living safely. All that's Antifa, BLM. It's it's all that. that it's all them basically living. What is that movie with the, where they could commit crimes for one day and not get the arrested? Purge. The purge. They're all just living the purge. I mean, that's yeah. LA still though. <laughs> That's LA. One of my homegirls lives in uh, CVS, and she says that people come in from other counties to she come steal. I mean, she works at CVS. They come from other that's, counties. That's some life. Yeah. It, it is that's some life. life. <laughs> but they come in from other counties to come steal. They're like seven, eight of them come in. And she's a girl. Like, what are you doing? She's like, I just kind of. Yeah, Big Herc, you might still be on the street, you know, from the first time if they had yeah, the rules today said, where yeah, you, you, you know, might still today, be you going. Can just walk into CVS and walk out. They don't do anything. Man, you, you know what's crazy when you said that about just the whole mentality and having, you know, I didn't even think about that when you said that they came in having everything. My friend is married to a, a uh, to a Jewish girl and her sister, uh, basically, uh, because they didn't want to get the jab, you know, wouldn't let them come around for some of the parties and this and that. And she's actually a president of a of one of the BLM chapters, bro. Uh -huh. It was so crazy. She has no black friends. Never <laughs> hung out. If you if I came to her house right now and knocked on the door, she'd probably call the cops on me. <laughs> but she one of the biggest advocates and she's talking all the stuff and he she's like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like how you even do you even know what that represents? Do you have you did your research or and that's like you said, these people just jump on something, start pumping a fist up in the air. And they don't know any of really the undermining uh, 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 values of what they're representing, and they'll say they're digging her down with something. It's, and it's like, dude, what are you what are you getting behind? Do you understand what it is you're saying? And so it's just a the condition, the mental conditioning, and the mindset, man. It just kind of blows me away when I when I talk to people because literally when I talk to people now, I got to talk in code and mention certain things to see where they're at. Because, you know, I got black friends and dude, if I say, hey, man, um, you know, that guy had a he had a truck with a flag. Oh, my God, a truck with a flag. Watch out. Watch out, man. I'm like, watch out for what, man? He got a flag in a truck. You know them dudes. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know them dudes. Yeah, man. I'm like, you know, so it's a mentality. Trump in a flag, you know, a truck with a flag. They might get you. You know what I mean? It's like you, you guys are buying into that. That's what they're doing, man. I mean, they got people where you can't even have an American flag, or if you say, "Hey, man, I agree with the Constitution," you know, you're you're anti-American. What is patriot? Patriot. The word patriot. If you say you're a patriot, you're a racist. It's yeah, unbelievable, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. to watch people. I mean, you had Chelsea Handler say it. You had Joe Biden say it. If you don't vote for Joe Biden, you're not black. What are you talking about? <laughs> What are you talking about? There's so much stuff that Chelsea Handler used to do on her show that if it came out, she would be canceled. Now she's lecturing people on racism. Get the 
fuck out of here, dude. And like the way that like the, the like certain bl- uh, a, a portion of the black community celebrated Joe Biden. I mean, we talked about it earlier. The crack laws destroyed the black community. Kamala Harris has arrested and put in prison more black people than any other human being in the history of California. I bragged about smoking weed on Power 106 while she locked people up for weed. It's like un. Believable. What do you think that's about? What? Why is why? Why does the black community have such loyalty? It's to the identity Democratic politics. Party? It's all identity politics. Because yeah, what yeah. Hap- happens is the older generations, their mothers, remember a different Democratic Party. Yeah. They've been taking them for granted though for for decades now, without giving them anything at all. The Democratic Party to the black community. Nothing. But because and you look at it in L.A. You're like California, like. Dude, you have a segment of society that because they work in Hollywood or they work in these really, they're never feeling any of these economic downfalls or downturns that everyone else is feeling. So they are allowed to keep voting for these ridiculous laws as they complain about crime in Beverly Hills. I hope every, I, like I have friends in Beverly Hills, I'm sorry, we need a giant crime surge for you guys to actually feel the fucking effects of how you're voting. You got I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, I, dude. But I feel that's similar to saying, like, when you hear somebody say, I want the economy to get worse, you know, so that we can get Trump out. Or whatever, to me, because I mean, people could die in a crime. You know what I mean? I mean no, I'm with you, but what's going to make these guys I'm, stop voting for the same people they're voting for? Stop yeah. thinking that voting, you have to vote Democrat because, oh, what the Republicans win. The Democrats have been winning for fucking decades and everything is crap. Yeah, it's just going to take new people, I'm afraid. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how, um, <laughs> you know, if you, you talk about Beverly Hills, man. I don't know how people can just think that it's okay to have, like you said, people running an ultra CBS. My, my friend was in Sprouts the other day. He said he seen somebody come in and just walk out with some milk, man. And he looked at him like, damn, man, this is Sprouts. I mean, they're not, they went from Safeway no. and Ralph's to now Sprouts. I mean, it's like, who, who does that? When you have a place where, People can just, you know, then you can walk to somebody's house and, and walk in or hurt your wife. Or, you know, I've seen a video where some guy walked up a letter and, and they stared and punched a girl in the face and somebody filmed it. Dude, who said that's normal? Now, if you beat, if me and you beat the hell out of that dude, do we get charged for it? I mean, dude, what is this? Is this Charlie Bronson days? Is this, you know, we, we, is this is, you know, is it becoming to the point where, you know, you guys are just, we're, we're, how far do you want to push until what is your ultimate plan? To privatize all security? You know, I just heard a thing where they were talking about it in North and uh, West Hollywood. They want to get rid. They have sixty police. They want to get reduce it by six to have fifty four and add foot patrol. Well, what is foot patrol going to do to a guy with a gun telling you to take off your watch and give me your purse? One hundred percent. They want it to become Brazil. They want it to be where everyone lives in dangerous neighborhoods, and then if you're blessed enough to make money, you can go move into a, a rich neighborhood where they have their own private security. That's what they want. It's feudalism, dude. They've been talking about yeah. California has become yeah. feudalism. Yeah. And we're allowing yeah. these this, this yeah. narrative to be pushed by rich kids. Like, I got an argument again with Dana, who I love with all my heart. But we were arguing. I'm like, she went to turn on Vice. I'm like, turn off Vice. She's like, why? What's wrong with Vice? I go, ah. Uh, 
It's rich white kids trying to convince everybody that poor white kids are the problem. The new vice is Barstool, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I realized the other day. They're doing travel mags now and stuff in that old style. Yeah. But you, you think it'll be a matter of time till Barstool becomes vice? You think becomes it's just so a matter big, of time? They'll come in and buy yeah, it. Yeah, they they'll just destroy it because they're using Fed funny money. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. So... I mean, like, I mean, what the, your thoughts on like what was going on in the black community with BLM? I mean, like, there's still people with the fists, still wearing the shirts. Like, is it that nobody hears hears the stories being told about all the money that they spent on houses, how they spent money on their cousins and their brothers and their sisters to uh, ridiculous private amounts. security? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I think I think it's a silent. There's a silent majority that doesn't have a voice that don't agree with that, and the other people who um, don't really care to be known publicly, maybe they might vote privately and carry on and have their families in these other communities. But a lot of people do know, but they don't say nothing because you know when you're trying to voice against. Uh, a major hip hop artist or a major singer or somebody in, in, in NBA or NFL. I mean, dude, it's all you're, 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 you're an ant trying to, you know, go against an elephant. I mean, if you look at a lot of this kicked off with Kaepernick, you know what I mean? And yeah. him saying all this, isn't it? The guy was, he had, he had a doctor by white family that took care. I mean, dude, you made it to the NFL. You're talking about, it was like a, a slave with a, a slave combine. You do, it's, a, it's the NFL. You got millions and millions of dollars and you did all this stuff. And then you said, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, at the end of the day, I understand that there are law enforcement who step overboard. I've been locked up. I've seen people get beat up in an elevator, in a police station. I've seen my homeboy get slapped in the back of a police car as a kid. I know about it. And so I understand that aspect of it. But at the same time, there needs to be a dialogue so that we can have a better communication and not have these these police when they see a black guy and he's holding a coffee mug they say it's a pistol yep. or they see this guy I agree. they're intimidated you know what i mean i know so even for myself i know when people see me dude i go places and right off the top i'm talking with somebody and we'll be talking about cars and the guy's like man i would hate to get in a fight with you i'm like damn does every big black guy want to fight you know what i mean <laughs> so there's a mentality that's being conditioned for people to see certain individuals and fear kicks in Right, automatically, or this guy, he's a gangster. So I have to, I, I know when I carry myself, I got to, my body language. Hey, when I say certain things, I can see the air come out of people. Oh, man. That's so, man, that, that, that's he, crazy. He's not going to kill me. You know what I mean? It's crazy, man. So the, the conditioning, and this is something that's been done over a period of time. So you have this, so, so put me in a room with the guy who's uh, talking to BLM shit or this conservative or this liberal, and let's have a real discussion because, like you said, you're you're talking all this shit. You went to a private school. You you had all white friends growing up. You never had this, but then they put you in the face of black struggle. Come on, man. Yeah. You're full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's keep it 100. Let's have a real conversation. And I always tell people, but people don't want that. They don't want me to go on a show and get to explain this stuff. These rappers. I'm trying to get on a lot of these hip hop shows, but they don't want that because I'm not promoting the dumb shit. They want the dumb shit. They the, want the oh, dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Tell shit. them about when you was a crip. Tell them about when you, how many times you got shot. What's the most drugs you sold? You tell, you do, you're telling them how much drugs you sold, but he did 30 years. He did 30, 40 years. He's been robbed. He almost got killed. Do you think that's worth it? See what I'm saying? So they could, they're pushing this purposely because they want to glorify that and it keeps the shit going. 
But if you start showing a guy who went to school four years, graduated, he's a real estate agent. Now he made, you know, he's, he's 35. He's a millionaire or the guy who came up with uh he worked, he's a coder works for a tech company. His kids. I mean, the black, why don't you show them guys? Because it doesn't meet the narrative. <laughs> yep. They promote certain people. Like, how come we find out? You know what's so funny? It's like, have you. Johnny got me into the, the TV show, The Boys, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Boys is exactly Hollywood. That's exactly what it is. The promotion of psychopaths as nice people that we later yeah. on. They know they're psychopaths. They don't care because they want to, they want to push that. They want to push mean people who do mean shit, who are cutthroat at everything. People who come off as having loose morals, aren't afraid to do whatever it takes to make it. That's what they want. They don't like, dude. The best example also is is Duncan Trussell's show on on uh on Netflix. Why didn't that get a second season? That was the second rated, highest rated show in the world on Netflix. Everybody loved it. Everybody it. loved it. Why? Because it had a positive message and said, look at yourself, get into yourself, be spiritual, be all that. They don't want that out there. They don't want you to do that. That's why. And they didn't cancel. They just walked away from it. Culture is not your friend. It's not your friend. Don't mistake it for your heritage. Your heritage is great. Dude, we can get into, we can get into how like, hey guys, not all African-Americans came over in slave ships. There were fucking tribes here, the Moors. Why don't they ever tell you about that? How powerful that tribe was. Why don't they ever tell you about that? Because they want they you to want... live. Go on. No, no, you're right. They don't want you to know, like, before Columbus, there were blacks living here free. New yeah. York, Midwest. There were blacks. Not everybody was a slave. Man, not everybody came here. But see, if you if you if you push that narrative, the psychology to a young person is like, man, my great grand grandfather was a slave. That means that there was a struggle. That means I, I should be getting reparations. That means the white man's always going to have a hand up. That means I'll never be equal. That means I'll only be one third of a one fourth of a man. Blah 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 blah. It's all this stuff. It's all this narrative. And then you go to college, they push the same shit. But if you look at before Columbus, there were blacks here. They were people who were very prominent. The guy who invented the the, the, the fucking the stoplight, the guy who designed um, Washington, D.C., Benjamin Banneker. There's a lot of prominent black figures. But why aren't we taught about those guys? Why aren't we taught the truth about a lot of the history? Because the lies is what you got to figure the people in power needed to control the masses. See, once you figured initially you got the kids to go to school, because initially the wife, the mom didn't go to school. So they said, oh, women's live. And they act like that was something. No, they want to get you out the house. And now your kids got to go to a public daycare, which is a public school system. And who owns those books? The Rockefellers print all the books, all the rich people print. So they control the history. So if you're learning my history, then I can control the future narrative of what I want you to become. Yeah. It's all about control, man. But if you don't teach your kids and you don't show them, hey, man, like you said, not everybody was a slave. Not everybody came from this. Some people had this. The Moors had this. There are great kingdoms. And, dude, there was not only were slavery over here, slavery was he eradicated here, but we got slavery right now in Libya. We got slavery going on in China. Yes. Well, human rights violations all day. Nobody's talking about that. I mean, dude, so when you talk about, like, you know, black all, dude, do you know they wiped out 30 million during the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia just starved them out? I mean, they suffered same type of travesties, but they bounced back. So what is our thing? Why are we still stacking time? Still waiting around. What are you waiting for? Go get it. 
Stop making excuses. But the victim mentality keeps the money going for all these fundings, all these programs, all the stuff. It's part of the narrative. Because once you get rid of that, the boogeyman's gone. There's nothing left. Yeah. And uh, you know what, man? You know, dude, the, you know, African-Americans, Africans, whatever we want to call black, very powerful, man. And that's why there's been such a giant push. Everybody's powerful. Every group is powerful. Everybody has wonderful history that is being rewritten and hidden from them about how power, because they don't want you connecting with your ancestors. They don't want you finding out how powerful you are and how you have everything you need to save yourself. They don't want you to know that. They want you to become dependent on the state. And then these people who just become, they're just all liars, man. Not everybody is a liar, but these people for a paycheck, what they're willing to do to their fellow man is so disgusting. And we just see it over and over again, man. We have to become accountable. We, the best way to make change is to change yourself. Take control of your life. And you know, all this quick shit, all this quick stuff is purposefully done to make it easy for you to step into it. Gang banging, drug dealing, hoochie shit, okay? Stealing, robbing, all that shit is real easy. Mm. And you know why? Because it's low frequency shit. It brings you into this fucking low vibrational stuff and you're stuck there and you're lost. Yeah, there's a lot of money at first, but man, you start losing fucking people around you because nobody wants to be around that low frequency shit. And then you find yourself all alone. And it's there's a reason why monks sit on top of the hills for days on end meditating to get to this level of zen because that is the real shit. That's the important stuff. Going through forever to become a doctor, even though I have real problems about what they're teaching, but there's a reason why it takes forever to get there. Why it takes forever to become a great comedian because you're learning, a, you're mastering a tool, you're mastering a, a skill. It takes time. If it's really easy, it's probably not good for you. All right? You got to learn to go. Become a black belt jujitsu takes how long? There's a reason for that. If it's real easy shit, if it's really easy to do, it's probably not good for you. You have the to. The cost look. is on the back yeah. end with that easy shit. You know, yep. it's easy at yep. first, but you pay for it eventually. Eventually, yeah. dude. Like Johnny always says, especially in drugs and alcohol and pharmaceuticals, there's no biological shortcuts. You know, you also mentioned that looking, you know, looking at people in your heritage that succeeded can, can prove that you're powerful. But I wonder, I mean, should we even be identifying with our heritage at all? You know, what I mean, what what about our skin color, you know, has anything it's to do with that, our power? You know what I'm saying? It's not like, that. I think every human inherently can do it. Well, you know, can achieve whatever they put their mind to. It's- yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm kind of like, I love diversity, but I also love people understanding where they came from because that tell that gives you life skills. You know, when your grandma teaches you something, that is a that oh, is now that's different. passing that's down. Yeah, yeah, of course, that is of passing down knowledge that has been taken away from the indigenous, taken away from the black community, and is being taken away from suburban whites right now with meth and fentanyl and locking up that. It's they're doing it to each demographic right now. They're flooding. They want Latinos coming in. Well, what they don't realize that Latinos there's a lot of Catholic Christian background there, and they're not they're not down with Dude, this shit. The real fucking Mexicans are homophobic. 
Yeah. Like in Mexico, Mexico, they're really homophobic. And like listen, you gotta, I don't you, think yeah. necessarily that's right either. I like let yeah, adults right. live their yeah, life. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you do. Stop pushing your shit on. You yeah. always hear the left. Stop pushing your religion on us. Hey, stop pushing your cultural Marxism on us. What you want to do with your consenting adults in your bedroom is none of my business. That's between you and God. I can't. I, I'm not going to condemn you, and I'm not going to promote it either. You do yeah. you whatever you want, as long as you're not hurting people, in particular children. I'm not. I don't want anything to do with and honestly, it. Honestly, you're doing them a favor by telling them that because they're they're going to punt every election from here to eternity yeah. if they keep this shit up, dude. Yeah. There's just no way the Democrats are going to win the South, which you have to win if they're you want to win They're going to try to buy rigging it again. That's the only way, though. Yeah, by cheating, like they did with Biden. You Absolutely. know what's something I can't believe that I had to be on tinfoil, had to find out, was about Black Wall Street. Yeah. Like why did why wasn't that all over the books letting you know that they had a black Wall Street and they had to go over there and destroy it and they don't tell you showing you how powerful the African American community was when they get together they're like nope let's forget that you got to go deep well, down the, the rabbit hole to go find that, out about that the big problem with that is now if you present it it becomes like oh they're crying again yeah. about what happened in the past and like no dude what I always say this what black history is everyone's history because black history is white future latino future women's future that's what happens eventually they come in there and they kneecap your culture and they push you down a bad step so we should be like hey everybody guess what Black Black Wall Street. Guess what? That was a precursor to, and that was the the playbook for nine eleven. They did the exact same thing in nine eleven. Caused a giant scene, went and killed a bunch of people for their oil. That's really what what is happening, and it happens all the time. Big Herc, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to cover? Um. Well, you know, you're talking about Black Wall Street. What about the Tuskegee Project? One hundred percent. Another one. Yeah. I mean, what about the water in Detroit? I mean, Flint, Michigan, day, yeah. you know what I mean? Dude, they, they, they still doing the same shit and they act like it's nothing. I mean, they, they know by sub, sub, you know, these different subtle ways, whether it's the water supply, whether it's like you said, experiment with these, these, these pot, these, these uh, airmen who were syphilis and seeing how long they can survive. I mean, dude, I mean, if you don't question when these people tell you something, then you're a, you're a damn fool, man. I mean, I question everything. You know, I'm not, uh, it's not like I can't read myself and come to a conclusion. So for somebody to tell me something and just be obedient, I've never been that kid. And that's been one of my things is I always question stuff, man. But yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's like I said, going back to what we said about the, the narrative and how they want us to all be at each other and um, have no communication. You know, I always tell people, man, you know, get out and start talking. When you talk to people, it opens up a, a different vibration and people realize, man, you know, you're not what I assumed. You know, I thought everybody was this way or I thought everybody was that way. And a lot of times, most people, you know, I'm like, dude, have you ever talked to somebody who's from Japan? Have you ever talked to somebody who's actually from China or somebody who's from the Armenian community or, a his, you know, Hispanic? Have you ever, you know, people, because they, they have all these assumptions, but they have no direct interaction. So the best interaction is, like you said, it's not black culture, white culture, it's American culture. And all these things make up American culture, but we need to have a conversation, you know, and if we have this conversation like we're having here, it opens up other doors. But that's the thing. Nobody wants to do that without somebody yelling over or throwing a brick at somebody or being disrespectful. We can have a respectful conversation with these young kids now. These people who are yelling at the top of their lungs, it's my right. 
is my, I mean, dude, did they, <laughs> is that how you talk? You, you don't know how to sit here and have a civilized uh, discussion. That's the problem. And they don't want that because you had a civilized discussion. People would get quiet and people don't want to hear that quietness because it makes people consciously think now, hold on. Maybe you're right. Big hurt. Maybe you're right. Uh, Tim Foyle, maybe there's something there. I'm not, I'm not paying attention to. And nobody wants that conversation, man. And that's why we're in the position we're in. Yeah. I completely agree. I love everything you're doing, Big Herc. Your your channels are are really great. And you know what, man? I I, I relate to you a lot. I was uh, kind of a crazy person back in my youth, and I'm a different person now, and I'm changing who I am. And I talk a lot about all the crazy stuff I did because, you know, I want people to know I was there and I did that. And some people think it's weird, but... I always think your secrets eventually come out and you could either be the one to bring them out or someone else will bring them out, but they're coming out and you might as well talk about them and let people know. And I think your channel is great. And I think everything you're doing is great. And I appreciate your hard work and you're trying to reach out. And I, I have a feeling people are waking up to everything we're talking about today. And people are really starting to understand that they got to save their self. They got to be the, the action hero of their own movie. And nobody's come to save you, and you can't change the system. That's not how this haunted house we live in works. You can only change yourself, and by working on yourself and working on your spirituality and connecting with God, you change, man. And I, I think people fall for this these psyops, and they end up just getting in dark, dark places. And they just—it's almost like they just want to numb themselves out to keep doing the things that's making them miserable. And I say, change it up and work in the light, work in higher frequency, and make that happen. Herc, is there anything we could promote, Big Herc? Anything else you'd like to promote? Um, fresh out YouTube and freshoutseries.com. You know, we got merch on there, uh, workout products and, you know, stuff, hats and everything. And also big Herc 916, man, my YouTube, you know, I do a lot of motivational positivity stuff and, um, you know, life coaching, man. I, you know, I life coach a lot of young people, man, people in general, and just putting out a positive message saying that, you know, you can change, you know, you have choices out there. You don't have to. Um, make these decisions or be pressured into a situation, man. And, uh, you know, there's hope at the, end of the, at the end of the tunnel, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to hopefully down the line we could do this again, have you in studio and have a wonderful conversation. Thank you very much, Big Hurt, for coming on. I want to thank everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. And I hope to see you in New Jersey and the Comedy Store for Comedy Chaos. Talk to you guys soon. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hack, Tim Foyle hack.